Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David and I'm joined by the lads. Matt, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you, Alan? I'm actually feeling very good. I'm, I'm in the mood. You're in the mood for it? Yeah. And that is what two Scottish team <laughs> wins does to Alan Little. Can you believe it? I mean, it's the first time in a long time, so <laughs> Yes. Thanks a lot for coming back. Um, we've got a great episode for you. We've just um, got off the line with uh, Glasgow and Scotland winger Lee Jones, who gives us some really interesting insight, including into what it is like to room with Tim Visser. So hang around for that. Um, you're obviously listening to us on the Acast podcast app, on the iTunes Apple Store, or on any other sort of podcast um, app that you might be using. We are pretty much everywhere these days. You've been chatting to us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. And you have been very kind, a couple of you, to leave us a review on the iTunes Apple Store, which actually helped us rise to number 41 in the Sports and Recreations charts. So, guys, can you keep getting on there, um, leaving us reviews, and um, hopefully we'll get ourselves into the top 20. I think we were sandwiched between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Chris Jericho. So, so that's that a hell of a place to be. That is heady company. <laughs> I think you will all agree. But um, so the only way to help us do that is to leave us a review like our friend Kinsey, 13 five-star review, who says it's more accurate than Chris Patterson's kicking, more surprising than young Brian's age, and more penetrating than a Nakarawa attack. These three lads bring new insight and speculation to the poorly covered Scottish game. If Radio Scotland is looking for a preformed Scottish rugby show, these boys should be the first names down to present. 
Not bad. Do you fancy jacking it all in to be on Radio Scotland? I would literally give up everything in a heartbeat <laughs> to be a presenter on Radio Scotland. That really is the pinnacle, isn't it? Us and Johnny Beatty just having a great time. That would be that would just be too too good. Um, so what have we got coming up for you guys today? Um, we're going to have a quick look back at some of the news from the last week. Um, we're then going to look at Edinburgh's win against Cardiff. Um, our quick chat with Lee Jones will take us into our uh, review of the Glasgow game against Connett. And then we're going to have a look at how the many Scots um, got on plying their trade abroad in the Premiership. And uh, I think Grieg is the only one who was playing down in um, France. Um, but before we get going, another one that we really liked um, on our Twitter account, again, at Thistle Rugby Pod, was from regular contributor Sam Rogers, who said about us their banter is crap but in a good way hashtag no but yeah that is like exactly the niche what i'm going for <laughs> that is exactly the sort of feedback i want so no but yeah it is no a pretty yeah. nice review yeah that was great so um without any further ado should we crack into it and the big news of the week the return of uh, the little fijian to scotston um nico matawalu is back arguably a thistle exclusive from our interview with Kenny Murray? Well, Kenny Murray did say that they were going to be announcing someone in the morning. Um, so, yeah, I think we can claim that. I think we'll claim that. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to see the kind of feel-good factor since he's been brought in. Like, the kind of the Glasgow players' social media and stuff, he's all over it, like, on Instagram stories and stuff. Um, obviously, when he played at Glasgow, he was a firm fan favourite, like, just entertained the masses. Um and yeah, it'd be really interesting to see sort of how he fits in. I think that Dave Rennie's been talking about his sort of utility value as a winger or even a fullback, which I, I mean, was, I've never seen before. Fullback really worried me. I mean, like <laughs> it's quite fun when like a winger goes on like a mazy run, but I just I don't know. You could get himself into all kinds of trouble from fullback, or he could score some really sweet tries. He could score some worldies. Um, but no, it's it's good to see him back. I think. I think uh, it was Opta chucked out some stats about him for when he was last in the team. and Those some stats were amazing, and you should have given me a warning, Alan. I could have gotten those up. I've so. actually got them right here. Oh, go on There then. we go. Don't worry about it. Um, in his three years in the Pro 12, this isn't just for Glasgow. This is literally in the whole league. He was first for tries, first for try assists, first for clean breaks, second for meters gained, and second for defenders beaten. <laughs> That's unreal. Which I guess because he didn't have to play any international rugby does help him a little bit. Yeah, stats-wise it does, but still. But still, that is like literally a joke. Think how many jobbing pros don't get anywhere near that by not playing any internationals. That's, yeah, I know. That's incredible. Um, so, I mean, my, my only concern, and we discussed this on Twitter a little bit, is do you think that will limit any sort of time? I thought it might limit time that George Horn's going to get, but it seems that George Horn might not be as um, in, in the coaching team's thoughts as we, um, we might have thought. Yeah, the reason I found it quite strange is because Edinburgh and Glasgow are both essentially part of the SRU, and actually one of the positions where Edinburgh seem a little bit light is at scrum half, yeah. more so than Glasgow anyway, and it felt like if any team needed A, a new scrum half, and B, a sort of injection of creativity, Edinburgh was essentially the place Yeah, that really makes sense. Um, That's really good analysis, Alan. That's so nice, thanks. Um, but yeah, uh, and also I think you know we we're big fans of George Horn. It sounds like he had a, a good game at the weekend for for the Hawks, and I was really hoping that um, during the especially the international window that he would at least get a few a few chances to run out of nine for Glasgow. But um, 
No, I mean, look, it's going to be fun no matter what. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that gets on um, through the year. The um, the other news that we're coming out this week, I reckon, is not so good. Um, Ryan Grant, uh, former Lion and Scotland's prop, has moved to air, so failing to get himself a pro contract. What do you think, Matt? Yes, yeah, the whole sort of demise is, is quite sad um, and, and quite surprising, really. As you say, going from being a 2013 British and Irish Lion, um, you know, anchoring the scrum for Scotland, um, to to playing on the bench for air. Um, and it seems like in the, the interview that um, accompanied the selection that he's actually transferring away from being a professional rugby, entire, professional rugby player entirely. I'm not sure what he's going to do instead, but um, he sort of said this was like a transition, a way of transitioning between the two roles. So it seems as if that might be his pro career over, which uh, I'm not sure of his exact age, but he's not that old, particularly for a prop that tends to peak yeah, I uh, think when they're older. It, so I think he's maybe edging into his 30s, but that's really when you expect um, hmm. them to get their man strength and to be at their... <laughs> At their and their prime. But, yeah, uh, so I, d- I don't know what's happened there, but it's yeah, it's it's quite a shame to see. But I guess see maybe it's maybe it is. Uh, if you look at the obviously there's massive amounts of indus- injuries, but there's a lot of good young front row talent coming through across the two mm. pro teams. So maybe yeah, it was just deemed as surplus to requirements. And you, nev- you never know. He might be sort of on a a backup contract with Glasgow, or Glasgow can get him in if they have some real yeah. problems in in the front row. But anyway, that's where he is. So he's going to be playing his trade for uh, air throughout the season. So that'll be interesting to follow. Scott Lawson keeps getting a contract. And Ryan Grant can't get a contract. <laughs> Scott Lawson, 10, minute, ten minutes for Newcastle. I, I know I quite like Scott Lawson. but yeah, He's pretty good. I thought he was pretty good. Um, right, should we talk about something else that was pretty bloody good? Project Cocker is well and truly underway. Going down to the Arms Park and coming back with a, a victory against Cardiff. 20 points to 10. Um, great tries from Blair Kinghorn, Chris Dean, and the Pudding, putting in a pretty decent um, effort, two conversions and uh, two pens. So, Alan, you were watching this live. What did you make of it all? Um, yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> Razor sharp analysis. <laughs> I was really, really falling off a cliff there. Yeah, you really have. Um, it was good. It was good. And uh, I think uh, I think during the game I was getting a little bit more excited about it. And once actually I took some time to reflect, I realised that, in the words of Cockrell, Cardiff Blues aren't a top four side, and actually Cardiff Blues um, weren't playing at sort of the top of their game. But that aside, I think um, it's a better organisation, much better defence. The defensive effort was really really impressive. Yeah, especially inside their own twenty-two, where they were sort of really stepping up. I think John Hardy, Richie, Bresler, McAnally had one of his yeah. best games for a while. John Hardy topping the Pro 14 stats for the first week, 22 tackles made. Well, that was actually the interesting thing about the game is during it, I sort of picked out Bradbury and Richie as probably standing out in the back row. But when I should look at the stats, Hardy had more tackles than both of them combined and really did sort of quite a quiet job yeah. of just sort of killing... Um, Killing um, that card of attack, so and it looks like that balance of the back row was quite good. So sort of, um, Bradbury was really sort of getting his hands on the ball quite a lot. Richie was being an absolute menace at the breakdown. Three uh, three turnovers for Richie again, topping the stats. Yeah, no, and it was uh, it was really good. Anton Bresler, oh, he was putting in some absolutely horrible hits. He's quite a big fan of our um, of our Twitter account. So you slagged him off for having what did you say hands ha- like hands like flippers? flippers. Yeah, <laughs> he liked it though. He yeah. liked the tweet. We'll take that. I so know, I didn't know what the metaphor would be for like having terrible hands. Oh, these are hands like dildos, isn't it? 
know if um, there would be sort of PG content for the old Twitter feed. That is true. We're very family friendly on there, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> but Matt, what did you what did you make of it all? Yeah, well, I think that defensive solidity that you talked about is just it's a non-negotiable under Cockrell. It's what you're going to have in pretty much all of his sides. Um, and, and yeah, if you want to talk about winning rugby, that's the, the platform to build it on. Um, I think the pleasing thing was, for me, Duncan Weir played really, really well. And when the, his pack's going forward, you say what you want about him in terms of his sort of attacking play, but he can control a game. Yep. He can kick you the corners, and he is a really good goal kicker, um, you know, sort of nine times out of ten. Um and then I thought the fact that you know Edinburgh managed to score two tries that weren't through the forwards who pick and goes, a pretty enterprising play. Um, Kinghorn, nice. yeah, Kinghorn cutting a really nice line off Hidalgo Klein. I don't know what happened to the Cardiff defence, but well finished. And then Kinghorn once again coming into line, giving a good assist for Dean. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I thought, as I you thought, say, it's a really good start. I thought Christine looked um, looked pretty decent compared to some fairly average performances last year. He looks like he's he's coming on a wee bit. Yeah, I think so. I think I've been one of the first to write off the, the Rassilia-Dean partnership on paper. Um, but I think the thing with Christine is he's been messed around quite a lot by the SOU in terms of his position. So he's not actually been playing centre yeah. that long. He used to play flanker. Um, so hopefully, you know, just a bit more game time under his belt, a bit more game understanding, he can actually sort of really made that position his own. I think it's going to be quite interesting when you drop into that team, Robbie Fruin, who we understand is going to be starting this weekend, and then hopefully a fit and firing Mark Bennett coming in at 13. That's a massive upgrade. And then you've got guys like Phil Burley, who's also out injured at the moment, who can come into that back line. It becomes quite an interesting and decent-looking side. Yeah. Again, w- when you look at, without Phil Burley, there isn't a good 12 to really sort of help Duncan wear out with sort of like the distribution. Yeah, that's that, true. I think that could be a real issue. I think Rasalia is okay, but he's... And, and and I might be wrong and he might sort of step up, but he doesn't look like the real sort of pro rugby player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree on the Christine point. I think he could be a really handy player. I think he, especially in defence, he was sort of um, making a lot of good tackles and in attack, he sort of hits the line really, really hard. And... Um, I think really sort of get gets in about it. Um, there was one moment in the game when I think it was like twenty minutes to go, when we were about ten points up, and Ross Ford had a line out that he threw to the other team, <laughs> and sort of broke out into sweats and assumed that the inevitable would happen and Edinburgh would sort of capitulate. That is like a, just a sort of typical Scottish rugby flashback to every time that he's done that on the international stage. I know, but. 105 calves. BBT came on, solidified everything. BBT was looking good as well, wasn't it? It's good. It'd be interesting what they do in the second row. I think they might go for a BBT Bresler combo because I think uh, out of all the fours, actually Grant Gilchrist was probably one of the the quieter quieter men. Yeah, um, which is great. But yeah, and it's obviously Cockrell's downplaying it all. But I think very if we'd been offered that last week. I think we would have bitten, well, bitten whoever's hand it was off. Yeah, particularly when you look ahead to them coming back up to Myerside, um, Friday Night Lights against a team like the Dragons. And you've got to say, you know, if you, can go, if you can go to Cardiff and beat the Blues, you've got to be winning your home game against the Dragons. So, um, I mean, imagine Edinburgh two from two. If someone had offered you that, that's, that's dreamland. Yeah, definitely. Um, another sort of talking point that's come out in the week and sort of related to the team was the amount of Scotland Sevens players who seem to be considered 
being considered by Edinburgh at the moment. And Dougie Fife is obviously one oh, starting. Oh yeah, this was this was all the um, the gagging of well, that Cockrell, was the gagging, wasn't it? Which I suppose is another factor which we sort of we actually dispelled. Did, yeah, well, we interviewed him under duress. To be fair, <laughs> you know, he was he was kidnapped by us, and that was the exactly. only reason we got our interview. That's why Wales Online knew <laughs> they knew what was going on. Um, but yeah, obviously Doug, Dougie Fife hasn't had a pro contract in a couple of years. Playing sevens, doing very well at sevens. Um, Cockrell's seen something he liked and, and I think today or yesterday has come out and said that he wants Jamie Farndale and James Johnson to be part of his squad as well um, so it's quite an interesting dynamic considering yeah. those guys seem to have been sort of disregarded by the discarded by the um, by the pro teams. I think I think one of the ways he was talking about it is he likes having them in and around the squad sort of creating that competition I wonder if it's got something to do with um, new signing Duan van der Merwe being out injured for a wee bit so possibly he just wants to keep those people around, providing that. I think Hoyland. I think Hoyland's injured as well. And Hoyland's so. injured as well. Yeah. But by the nick of um, Darcy Graham's try at the at the weekend, why is he not in and around the squad? He just absolutely tears it up at Prem One. Like he's yeah, he's too. All, he's, he's he's too good. Um, seems to score every single time he plays, and kind of it's not just like little finishes. It's beating like six men on his way to the line. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend going in there. SRU YouTube page and having a look because he really is just electric. Quite incredible. So let's have a chat about that game on Friday night. Guys, I want a little prediction from you. Edinburgh versus the Dragons at uh, the new improved Myerside. I think the capacity has been pushed out to just over 6,000, up from just over five last year. I think there's been a new trench, so uh, the toilets are going to be better. So, you know, Myerside is on its way up and um, I think you can get a draft pint as well. So don't you know, believe you. <laughs> I know exactly. So um, I don't know if you can pay on card yet. So I would take ca- <laughs> I would take cash anyway. But um, Alan, what do you reckon? Friday night against the Dragons. Um, I think again, I don't think Edinburgh are going to blow them away. But seventeen uh, ten win. Let's go for it. Seventeen ten on um, Friday night, Matt. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I agree. They're not going to be putting like forty fifty points on them. Um, but I think they'll win by 17. They're going to win by 17? They're going to win by 17. So we had 27-10, something like that. 27-10? Yeah. Maybe with, maybe with a bonus point. Maybe. A little BP. That would be lovely. Um, I also think they're going to win probably by two two scores. Somewhere between 10 and 15. I want to go for 27-12. 27-12 and 27-10 for Edinburgh? Yeah. Project Cockers. <laughs> Are you joking? Also, that main pitch at my side is is the real Rolls Royce of uh, Pro 14 pitches. So, you know, it's a flat track. It's a great track. I mean, if we look at history, we're inevitably going to lose this game by two points. Yeah. I don't think we will, but... I think you're being a little bit punchy in your predictions. Well, we will be back here to defend our records. Um, we'll see. Next week. Um, okay, so let's, let's wrap that up on Edinburgh. Um, as we said, at the top, we've had the luck of chatting to uh, Glasgow and Scotland winger Lee Jones. So here it is. And we're joined on the line by uh, Lee Jones. Lee, how are you doing? Uh, good, thanks. Um, good to to get online with you boys and have a chat yeah thanks thanks a lot for joining us what were you what were you up to today training day uh yeah training day um kind of uh the structure has been mixed up a bit with uh with dave rennie coming in but uh just our, our usual tuesday um so the boys are still kind of getting to grips with the a couple of changes in the week but yeah um a good day's training ahead of um ospreys at the weekend yeah already shaping up to be a really exciting match um 
You were facing the Elements and um, Connor on uh, Saturday. How did you guys feel that that went? Great to get the win, obviously. Uh, yeah, first of all, great to get the win. I think um, weather-wise, it was like Galway uh, on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Galway, Galway times 10. Um, we woke up in the morning and the, the weather was lovely. Um, and it's not often the iPhone says 100% chance of rain. <laughs> All the way through until six the next morning, so uh, we kind of knew it was coming. But then, right enough, as it hit three o'clock, um, the rain just came in. Um, but no, it was like it made the it made the game tough in some respects. But for both teams, um, but um, you know, we had yeah. to kind of mix things up a, a little bit. Um, we probably, in hindsight, could have played to the elements a bit better. Um, but really glad to get through with a win. Um, you know, Connacht are a tough side, and especially at home. Um, so to get through on the end of that um, with the first win of the season was really, really pleasing. Definitely, and a, a, a nice try for yourself as well. You must be happy to be off the mark. Yeah, good to, to get off the mark in the first game. Um, thanks to fellow winger um, Leo Sarto. Um, he did say after he was like, you know, I, I seen it was you, and I. I didn't really want to pass, but I suppose I had to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, he did. He did really well. Um, it was a great kick from Ali Price. Um, you know, he'd seen the space, and I thought, you know, initially Leo almost did enough to finish it himself, and I was just luckily, you know, lucky to be on the end of it. Um, but I think, you know, across the board, it was a real team effort in terms of the game, and, and the forwards, um, you know, they put in a lot of work in defence. Um, it kind of went that way because of the weather, but um, I think defensively that was a, a big plus to take from the game. So you mentioned a few things sort of changed with uh, with Dave Rennie coming in. What, what exactly do you mean by that? What what have been sort of the, the most significant changes that, that you've seen since he's joined the club? Yeah, um, on the whole, I wouldn't say there's a massive amount changed. Um, there's obviously there's still a couple of coaches there in, in Kenny Murray and Mike Blair that are consistent. So, you know, the the fundamentals of the game plan and whatnot are, are pretty much the same. Um, there's a there's a few slight changes in the kind of structure of our week um, and how, how training goes towards a match. Um, that'd be one thing. Um, we tend to train a bit harder towards... Uh, towards the match now, um, whereas in the past we would have went hard, say Monday, Tuesday, um, and then taper down towards the game. So, so that's something that's changed. Um, looking forward to see how that how that progresses. But um, you know, it, it worked well for us at the weekend. Um, in terms of game plan, we're still um, as Glasgow. You know, we're still trying to play with as you know quick ruck ball as possible. I think that's a massive part of the kind of Glasgow identity, um, and that's something that you know is, is still key um, under Dave. And and for that to happen, we need to be dominant up front. Um, you know, brutal at the breakdown um, in terms of clear out and stuff. So that stuff's remained the same. And then we're looking to try and exploit space, um, whatever that may be. Um, I think as well. Um, along the same lines, uh, when we were under Gregor, is a, a massive focus on the on the basics. Um, so you know, right down to um, catch and pass skills and whatnot. That's um, a massive emphasis. And if we can do those simple things well, then 
um, it makes everything else in the game in general a lot easier. Nice. Um, going back, going to your international career, I remember you burst on the scene in 2012, um, starting off with sort of uh, a lot of big performances for Edinburgh, and then having your debut in the Six Nations. Do you want to just tell us about that Six Nations and sort of getting your debut for Scotland against England at Murrayfield? Yeah, um, I suppose at the time, it seems a long time ago now, um, I was probably quite young, quite young in terms of um, pro experience. Like I didn't, I didn't sign until I was a, a wee bit older. Um, so, you know, I was pretty young in terms of um, how many kind of pro games I had under my belt, but, um, to to get a to get cut for Scotland was a like it was a massive kind of personal achievement and something I'd always kind of um, you know been working towards um, uh, the Six Nations like to go in to firstly to be selected in the squad was massive and then to go in and, and start in my first match um, you know it was something I didn't really expect and it was it was amazing to be part of that and. I said at the time, um, I think to have England at Murrayfield as your first game was always, that was just a bit of an extra bonus. Um, you know, when you're growing up, you know, imagining yourself playing for Scotland, I would always say it was um, it would be England at Murrayfield, if anything. So that, that was really special to win my first cap there um, um, and to go on and play. Um, the other three games in the Six Nations as well, it was a huge learning curve um, and a, a massive experience. Was that England game the Charlie Hodgson charge down? Charlie? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Um, so it was Russo. It was a tight game. Um, I think it had been a while since Scotland had uh, ever won their first game in the Six Nations and, and at the time there was a real thing on Scotland couldn't score tries and we went into that first game at Murrayfield and it was really tight. It was uh, Charlie Hodgson charged down um, and scored. Um, and I think there was a couple of chances that we had that we didn't put away. Um, so it was, yeah, for the first game it was really tight and it could have went either way. But unfortunately we lost out on that one. Um, and the rest of the Six Nations was, to be honest, pretty disappointing in terms of results. Um, we lost we lost the, the four games, um, well, the, the five games, but the four games I played in. So I, I was sitting there, played four with a 0% uh, win record. <laughs> you got to try, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, thanks to a nice turnover against France. and uh, I think it was Richie Vernon put me away. Yeah. Uh, so no, that that was nice. Um, but overall, it was it was a tough learning curve, and um, uh, it, it was a big it was a big step up, I would say. Um, but something that I'm all the better for now, and it was a it, like I say, it was a it was a great experience. How was it, uh, Edinburgh? Sort of after that, I know you sort of had in 2012. Edinburgh had that sort of great run in the um, in the Hiding Cup, as it was at the time, making it to semi-finals. And then you sort of had the change when I think was it Bradley was replaced by Solomon's. Um, yeah. How did you sort of find that time around Edinburgh? Yeah, the the year in 2012 was um, looking back on that. The the Heineken Cup run was was great. Um, we played our best rugby for. For whatever reason, um, our best rugby seemed to come out in those games. Um, there was a few tight ones in the in the pool, um, but we just kind of seemed to save our best for those days. And 
I think in terms of league position, it was. Um, I think we were tenth, eleventh, you know, that year. And um, in terms of consistency and consistent performance, that was obviously um, pretty poor. Um, but in terms of the Heineken Cup run, uh, like I say, we saved our best for that, and there was some amazing fixtures um, to be part of in the, in that um, sort of campaign. I remember the one against. Um, there was a couple. There was a win against Cardiff. There was a. Uh, it was a last-minute drop goal away at Racing Metro. Um, there was a, a ridiculous match at Murrayfield that was about uh, 45 points to 42 or something. That was the best um, game I've ever Raskin. seen. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and then a couple... Uh, it was a, a really good game against London Irish, which um, we got the bonus point there, which put us through into the, the quarters with a, a home quarter final, um, which gave us a chance at... Um, to lose there, so it was kind of, you know, looking back on that, you, you can really appreciate how, um, and when you look at European rugby now, you can appreciate how big an achievement that was. Um, and, then, and then you had another another successful cup run last year with Glasgow, which um, we were we were at the game down at Saracens. We didn't you didn't quite get there, but that was a, some amazing results in in Europe for Glasgow as well. Yeah, it's something that uh, I think Glasgow had been pushing for. Um, you know, over the past few seasons, it's the one thing that kind of had evaded them. Um, and the league form had been there. Um, you know, making playoffs, making semis, they won the league, um, and they were very close to. We were very close to qualifying for Europe, but it just didn't quite materialise. And um, there was a big focus on that. You know, and they kind of after the league was won. Um, um, Gregor and and the squad as a whole, you know, kind of pinned our our hat on on being the best team in Europe um, and working towards that. Um, so it was always something, you know, that we were working towards. Um, is that is to, that very much part of um, of Dave Rennie's targets as well? Because he said a lot about winning the winning the Pro Fourteen. Um, uh, but is he? Are you focusing on Europe as well this year? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, obviously, um, the the, the kind of you can feel that the you feel the biggest sort of matches within the season, you know, um, come up around European time, um, and that that'll be a big focus again. Um, you know, you got your bread and butter every week in the league, um, but Europe's pretty special. And um, after having qualified, and um, like you say, the the result at Saracens was was disappointing but it was an experience that a lot of guys and I think the club in general will learn from um, so yeah it'll, it'll be part of the target as well is to, to do well in Europe and the first thing is obviously the first match but um, getting out your pool um, is, is a big a big goal there's no easy games in Europe when you look at the pools now um, so it'll be tough, but um, it's something that the team will definitely be striving towards. It seemed like on on the back of that sort of good cup run and good form in general, you were called back into the, the Scotland squad for the first time in, is it five? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Years? Uh, how did five that feel? Years, yeah. yeah, five years. Um, how, how did that feel and, and how was the tour to, to Australia? Yeah, it was, um, it was great. It was um, to get back involved there was a... It was a, it was a big goal of mine, um, you know. Like you say, it, it was a long time, and there was a lot of rugby played um, between, you know, when I last represented Scotland, and then again in the summer. Um, and I think whether I'd been um, whether that selection had happened or not, I think I was, um, you know, so, um, so much better as a player, um, you know. Um, Across the board, I think um, I'm a big kind of believer in making the, the absolute best of, of what you've got and what you've been given, and that's something I kind of strive to do, you know, day in day out. And I think uh, my game had improved massively. I was a much better player, you know, in the last few years than I was at the time when I was capped. Um, and it was a goal of mine, but if it didn't happen, you know, it didn't happen. Um, there's a lot of things that come into international selection, but you know, I was I was fortunate enough to um, to be playing well and um, for the selection to come through. So to be able to represent Scotland again um, and and against Australia as well in that match was uh, was massive. It, it was great to be back out there um, and and to get a win against um, you know a top a top three side in the world was was huge as well. Yeah, no, that's absolutely great. And then the other part of your sort of career has been you played a bit of sevens and I know there's been a, a session the last year so sort of Scotland have really sort of performed well in the, the sevens circuit how do you feel that sort of de- helped you sort of develop as a player yeah massive massive part of, uh, of my development I think uh, growing up in the borders I played a, a lot of sevens down there um, and it, it's kind of it's just part of the game for a lot of guys down there and it's um, it's really enjoyable um, I think uh, before I was before Rob Moffat offered me a contract at Edinburgh, I was I did a year on uh, Scotland Sevens, um, and the way that the Sevens has improved, you know, looking back from then, which was say 2010 until now, it's it's been huge as well, and that's thanks to coaches and the way it's been structured by the union, um, and to to see. Uh, the seven squad do so well in the last few years has been great um, for me personally. It's been, um, you know, at times when I maybe wasn't getting as much pro rugby as I would have liked. Yeah. Um, you know, with the clubs, it's been something that um, I've been able to to play sevens to go hook up with the seven squad, um, which has been great for my game in general. 
you know, across the board, and it was good to get, uh, you know, the the quality of rugby on the seventh circuit. Every time I kind of dipped in and out there and went back, the standard was raised, um, and that's across the board, you know, across the World Series, um, and with the guys playing in Scotland. So it was interesting, you know, for me to see that progression, um, you know, going back and the level just being raised again and again. Um, but for my game personally, it was huge, um, and. You know, I don't know if I'd be, um, who knows whether I'd be at Glasgow now um, if it hadn't been for the opportunities that the Sevens gave me, you know, throughout the last few years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously been great for you personally. Um, a, a few of our fans on Twitter quite wanted to ask about a, a couple of questions about your Sevens career. They asked you, who was the better Sevens side, Scotland at the Commonwealth Games in 2014 or Selkirk when they won back-to-back King of the Sevens in 2007 and 2008? <laughs> Oh, um, well, I suppose uh, when the Kings of the Sevens, we actually won a few tournaments. So, <laughs> uh, you've obviously got that on that side of things. Um, I remember the first year we won Kings of the Sevens down there. Um, I think we the club had used around 30 different guys across the kind of span of the season. Um, but that, that, was a, that was a big achievement at the time. Um, uh, as a young guy getting to... To, to play sevens um, uh, j- just be out of school um, great yeah. experience um, and to, to win the, the trophy down there was um, yeah that was that was really special um, Commonwealth Games um, great to play in front in a, in a home games um, we went really close to uh, to beating New Zealand there arguably um, you know should have they went down to five men I think and we we had the ball in the last couple of minutes. It, it wasn't to be, um, but great experience. Um, and we made the quarterfinals there. And it's great just on that, actually, to see I see the seven squad having beat New Zealand at the end of last year. That was a that was a massive step forward in terms of something that had never happened before. So Yeah. yeah. As, well. I know the progression's been been unbelievable. Um one one more from the from the fans out there. A, a regular listener, a guy called Sam Rogers, has asked: um, Back in your Selkirk days, who was more important, you or Alex Dunbar? <laughs> Good question. Um, well, back back then, um, I played before I turned professional. I played four seasons with Selkirk, so um, you know, out of school and then into the into yeah. the club team. Uh, so got really fond memories. Um, Alex, I think he'd, uh, one of our coaches, Graham Marshall, had been coaching the Scotland under-18s and he was the kind of link there that got um, Alex in to to play at Selkirk and he was part of the Scottish Rugby Academy at the time, I think. Uh, So was was he quite big time? He was was probably the same size as he is now. (laughs) He was a pretty effective ball carrier um, in what was Graham 1 at the time, but uh, Selkirk were lucky at the time, we just had a, a good run of players coming through and across the whole squad it was it was really strong um and it was good we kind of we promotion from prem what was prem two at the time to prem one um, and had a couple of really successful years and i think that's probably what that's probably what's made made alex what he is today as well was his his little stint at selkirk yeah <laughs> i'm sure, I'd like I'm to sure think that's agree, got yeah. a big bearing on, on him. That, that's that's greatly i mean one one final one um just something that we ask quite a few of our guests is 
Over your, your time at Glasgow, Edinburgh Sevens and uh, the international side, who's been the uh, the worst roommate you've ever had when you've been on tour? Uh, I don't know how many of the boys you spoke to, but this might be quite a consistent one. Um, <laughs> but back at Edinburgh, I think I only ever roomed with them once. Uh, but Tim Visser, terrible roommate. What was he up to? It just, uh, how would you say, um, just a lack of... Uh, <laughs> A lack of clothes. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, quite a. Is he just uh, parading around naked the whole time? A, a, a large percentage of the time. Um, <laughs> At least it's not Alan Jacobson. <laughs> I think I think he'd have been a he'd probably been quite a strong roomie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I uh, probably. Oh, we have to say this. Probably the vest. All right. Well, we're, it, was a long, we're, it was a long time ago. But yeah. Well, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to. <laughs> we're trying to. We're trying to get him on the pod uh, in the coming weeks. So we'll ask him. Uh, we'll ask him when he comes on. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee, um, thanks a lot for your time, mate, and uh, best of luck at the weekend. Hopefully, bring home. Uh, bring another win. No worries. Been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Good stuff. Thanks, Cheers. mate. Cheers. So, how would you lads like to room with uh, Tim Visser? Fancy it, Matt? I think, I think he put me into shame. I don't think he'll be happy about it at all. <laughs> I mean, if he's putting you to shame, he's going to put me really to shame. So <laughs> I think I'm okay. Um, great insight from uh, Lee there after the great win on it at the weekend. I love that expression, um, Galway on steroids. To describe. 100% chance of rain on yeah. the iPhone. Amazing. Um, so that was really great. And um, he seems really upbeat about Glasgow's chances this year, doesn't he? Yeah, massively. And, and and why not? I think that, as you said before, new coaching, uh, made some great signings. Um, and the, the young guys coming through, it was, it was a young team playing against Connacht, um, particularly in the in the pack, which, you know, sending a young forwards, forward team to Connacht is, is a real sort of challenge and statement. Um, and they really held their own. So, yeah, a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, so that was on um, Saturday evening and Glasgow won 18 points to 12 with tries from our man Lee Jones and Ali Price and Pete Horn kicking the goals. Um, conditions were ridiculous. Did you see the kick that Pete Horn did that essentially came came back on him, which was just absurd? Yeah, I, th- I think when the weather's bad in Galway, it's seriously bad, and that's what you get. I remember there's a, there's a video of Contepomi actually before kicking, um, and it goes through the posts and then comes back through, and so the ref d- doesn't know whether to give to award the points or not. Um, yeah, absolute hurricane, but to, to come through that away from home is really, really positive. And actually the fact that it, when I saw the score, I kind of thought, well, that'll just be kicks. But the fact it was two tries and two really well executed, quite open um, tries involving quite a lot of good handling uh, is, is really encouraging. Yeah, it was awesome. And I think in the uh, that interview um, with Sean Lamont, which was out on BBC this week, he talked about their fitness levels and seemed to be alluding that that was what sort of took Glasgow to that next level Um on Saturday to the win. That's true. That's that's just great for the squad going forward. Sean complimenting himself on great fitness levels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's good. I think, um, you know, real tough conditions to go down to Connect. I think a um, couple of guys that stood out, Ali Price, sort of guy, maybe last year you'd be sort of worried about in those conditions. You maybe sort of prefer Pergos in there, but kind of really... Looks like he sort of dominated that game and really sort of man- managed it well, especially in the sort of the second half. Yeah. And then Adam Ash sort of taking on a bit more responsibility. I think. I thought Ash had a great game. He's he's the sort of guy that I think needs to get a good run of games. 
and yeah. you know ho- hopefully especially with sort of now Strauss is gone I think he's going to be really sort of leaned upon to sort of yeah. take ownership of that number eight shirt and uh, it's these sort of games where I think he's going to have to really sort of hopefully cement his place in the Scotland squad yeah, and I, I thought good showing from um, Adam Hastings, who had to come on quite early in proceedings. He showed some really nice nice touches around uh, around the players, so it looks like he's going to get some game time this year. Yeah, he was pretty instrumental for the, uh, for the first try. Um, a really, really nice ball to, to Horan coming in a good line. Um, I think he went off with a bit of a, like a gashed his leg or something. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to be okay for next week. Um, he just looks really confident. Like, he looks really poised. Um Looks like not not a lot phases him, and he can kind of cope with the physicality. So it's just it's really sort of encouraging to have to have him around. Um, I think as I was saying there, the, the young pack is, is something that's really positive to me. Like I kind of looked at the selection and thought a front row of Jamie Batty, George Turner, and Fagerson. Yeah, that's really wet behind the ears. Um, Turner's like second ever professional start. I think Batty's had two starts in his life. Even Fagerson, he's only twenty one. Um, but they did a really good job, um, sort of battling the elements, battling the scrum. It looks um, like Turner might be sort of um, sh- showing his worth now. He's getting some minutes that he never really got at Edinburgh. He had, a, he had a really good game. Yeah, definitely. It's just a shame that it's taken him so long to actually be given a give given a run, shot because yeah. he can clearly do it. Um, and then the likes of you know Matt Smith um, and, and bringing on sort of Matt Ferguson off the bench as well. It just it's it's really really encouraging. Yeah, it's absolutely great. And if you look at that Glasgow team. It is still absolutely shorn of its um, its big name stars. I mean, we expect Finn Russell will be playing um, coming up this uh, weekend. But if you think if you still got to drop in um, Hugh Jones, who's been absolutely carving it up in the Curry Cup, and players like Stuart Hogg, Johnny Gray, still got to be dropped in. It's 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 really exciting what that squad can do. Yeah, I mean, well, the backline's got Russell, Seymour, Jones, and Hogg still to be brought back. So. Ooh. Um, although I don't know how much they would have done in the raid in Connacht. It's probably... Uh, yeah. you, no, but... Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, that is fair. But no, yeah, it's, it's bloody exciting. And um, I, yeah, you're right. I think it's the forwards, how young the forwards are and how much they're sort of... They just, especially sort of Ferguson sort of um, last year and with um, Batty and Turner sort of this year and Matt, sorry, Matt Smith as well, just how quickly they seem to be sort of adjusting to yeah. Pro 14 rugby. Cummings is looking good as well. Yeah, Cummings is a beast. He's a big lad, isn't he? He looks like he's right up in sort of Dave Rennie's sort of choice as well. He's getting lots of game time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially with sort of Johnny Gray out, Big Brian sort of coming back from injury. Again, next couple of games just gives him such a great opportunity to really sort of show his worth. It's going to be really interesting to see what squad is named because this game against the Ospreys, at, um, are, they, are they going down there? No, it's at home. Is that Scotsland? Is that Scotsland? Yeah. So at Scotsland, you've got them coming to Scotsland with a win under their belt away from home. It's a really mm. great chance for Glasgow to sort of put, yeah. put their names on there for people that are staking a claim for that pool. The Ospreys only scraped past, I think it was Zebra at the weekend yeah. as well. So um, hopefully those are not as strong as they normally would be. Um, Alex Dunbar got his 100th cap for the Warriors at the weekend cap. and looked just his usual sort of solid, dependable self. Um, just really effective as a ball carrier, really destructive in, in, um, in D. And it's it's great to see him get the get the hundred. Um, he seems like a real leader for the for the team now. Yeah, um, agreed. So let's have a look at that on that Saturday, three fifteen, Glasgow versus the Ospreys at Scotston. Um, Matt, what do you reckon? Uh, I think Glasgow will win by five. I think it'll be twenty three eighteen. 
That's quite tight. I think it'd be quite tight. Ospreys are still a good side. Ospreys are still going to be challenging for top four, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think it will be tight. But I think Glasgow have enough, and I think they'll have maybe a few. Have likes of Finn Russell back. Maybe pick a slightly older pack. Yeah, a bit more experienced pack. Uh, and I think they'll get the win. Yeah, we hopefully we'll see um, Callum Gibbons come, getting a full a full game. That's that's I think what everyone wants to see. For me. I think it's Rennie time. I think this is going to be a, a statement win for Glasgow at the beginning of the season. I think um, I'm going to go with two scores. How about 29-15? There you go. Done. That's what I'm going for. Actually, what other lines do tip, they have apart from Tipperick? They have uh, Reese Webb and, and Wynn Jones. And bigger? And bigger, yeah. Okay, so because they only had Tipperich. Yeah, just Tipperich at the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring back a few of their big names because they might have been resting a lot of their players for the Zebra game, so waiting for them to come back. Again, for... Alan, this analysis today is <laughs> rapier sharp. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it won't be back next week. It's fine. Um, um, what do you think then for uh, Saturday? Um, I think... Uh, I was going to say Ospreys might sneak it. Don't be that guy. Well, I'm... Come on, that's old Alan. <laughs> no, no. I, this pod needs a bit of balance. That's true. I'm going to say Ospreys. I'm going to just sort of sneak it. 12-11 or in Glasgow. That's going to be such a bad game. Oh, it's going to be so It's going to be so bad. They've got that Keelan Giles kid as well, don't they? He is bloody he rapid. Is absolutely <laughs> awesome. He is so jets. Yeah. I, don't, I think... Um, I still... You know, Glasgow weren't amazing on Saturday. And I think... Um, It'll be interesting. Ospreys have got a lot of experienced people. They've got uh, James Hook. It looks like it's raining on yeah, we've Saturday. Just, we've just had a quick look. It is forecast to be, yeah. Pissing two it dro- down. Two droplets of rain. That's a lot of rain. Um, and yeah, especially if you've got sort of um, Dan Biggerback sort of just controlling it from 10. I think it could be a real sort of tough afternoon night for Glasgow. Oh, a, bit of, a bit of lion sort of afters for Bigger and Finn. That would be nice. That would be good. Um Although, did you see that photo of Finn out with his, all his brothers? He's wearing a, uh, like a, an Egyptian pharaoh shirt. <laughs> I just don't think anything phases that guy. He just doesn't care. He's a cool customer. He does what cool he wants. customer, isn't he? To be fair. Okay, so we're seeing, well, Matt and I are back in a Glasgow win. Alan the Negatron is giving it to the Ospreys in a really attritional affair. So we'll be back <laughs> next week to catch up on that. Um, I've got a quiz. You got a quiz? I've got a quick little quiz. You keep surprising us with these quizzes, but let's uh, let's go for it. So right. Alan, lead us through the quiz. I mean, I'm I'm very much not pulling away from what I did last week. Um, five Edinburgh players have over a hundred caps. Okay, here you go. Uh, who are they? Right, first name on the sheet. I'm going to give you a little bit of a clue. One back, four forwards. Okay, that's current fine. current squad players. Current. Edinburgh Rugby website right. squad players. Fine. First name on the team sheet, Ross Ford. Ross Ford. Hanny, do you have that? Yeah, let me write them down, but I do have Ford. Yeah. All right, mate. Okay. Come I on. Thought, I'm just trying to keep it quite dynamic and quite quick. Okay. Well, we've got one, but we'll wait for Matt to, we'll um, wait for Matt to, to finish. To mate, Ross Ford had an unreal amount of caps. 175. 175 caps. Is He's been around for a long He's time. He's had a really good innings, to Wait, be fair. Is, sorry, is it 100 caps are in the current squad? Current squad. Yeah. Okay. Current squad. Right, number two. Who have you got? Hanny. I've got Tom Brown. 
Is Tom Brown got two... Um, yeah, did, I had Tom Brown as well. <laughs> you did not have Tom Brown. Tom Brown is the one back. Tom Brown's the one back. Friend of the pod, Tom Brown. Yeah. Fair play to him. Another forward, Dav. Who you got? Another forward. Oh, I've really been caught off guard with this quiz. There's one guy that if you don't get, you should literally shoot yourself in the foot. I should shoot myself <laughs> it's in emba- the foot. It's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I'm panicking. Go, go on to Matt. I, I don't think it's that obvious. I'm going to say Dickinson. Dickinson is uh, correct. I've been forgot about him because he's um, been injured. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, 112. So, yeah. two more forwards. Cool. Um, what have we got? I put Stuart McAnally. Rambo, I 101. Had, <laughs> you did not have Rambo. You are full of say, shit, I was mate. about to say Rambo. <laughs> you, <laughs> I was about to say Rambo. You, d- you did not could, have Rambo. I could definitely have said Rambo. You could have definitely said Rambo, but you definitely did not no, say I definitely, Rambo. Because obviously you'll have some back row and some front row um, creds there. Right, your last man. He's a people's native. He's been there. He's done it. He's he's a Scotland man through and through. <laughs> Who have you got? Your man, Will and Nell. Will and McNell. He's got a hundred caps. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, people's. I think I take that. I don't know. I mean, you almost definitely do take that. I actually only wrote down Ross Ford, but I did get, <laughs> get WP Nell in my defense. So, um, Alan, that was great. Again, thanks very much for exposing my lack of knowledge on Scottish rugby. Always a pleasure. Um, right, shall we look down south, see how the Scots abroad got on? Um, I'm going to start with one of the big games at Twickenham. Shawnee Maitland, a first half hat trick for um, Saracens. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, it's taken really well. I think if you are a winger in a Saracens team that are on the front foot, you are likely to score this, tries. This was the point I was I was going to make about Maitland, though, is that he's a bit of a flat-track bully. He used to do that when he was playing for that amazing Canterbury team and he used to get given yeah. know, great opportunities. But he's never really sort of, like, done it for Scotland, I don't think. I think he's always been very solid for Scotland. He de- yeah. definitely doesn't, like, make big mistakes or anything he's good defensively but yeah I, I get it his try scoring ratio probably isn't that that he great he did have one which he, spr- he was sprinting for absolutely forever yeah he, um, he, lo- he looks like a sprinter like he oh, runs. hell of an athlete yeah unbelievable um, so yeah, it's good, good to see um, it's good for good for uh, good problems for Gregor Townsend to have yeah when he's good, good to see as well a token Scott on the Saracens team considering well, not Rune and Jim n- Hamilton are not a token Scott. My second gone. man from that team, um, Duncan Taylor, started. At oh, Duncan Taylor, what am I saying? He looked really, really sharp. Made a lot of breaks, set up a, a couple assists. of tries. He's just such a smart player, and he seems to be absolutely loved down at Saracens. Like he seems that he might be part of their sort of big plan for the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, he seems to be the one of their most consistent players. That's and an increasingly really important for for Scotland as and well. It's an interesting one for Scotland though, because that is the that is the position where we have just got so much quality coming in with Hugh Jones sort of competing in there. Um, Alex Dunbar, um, Mark Bennett. Yeah, I mean it's a good headache Nick to have, Greig. and it's a headache we have not had for a long time. Yeah, and I'd it, like to see I'd like to see Taylor start. I think he's done done enough. I think I would like to see Taylor start, but we we chatted about it. I think with Hogg out, he might be put to fullback ah, for the yes. Autumn Internationals. So you would go Maitland, Seymour and Taylor? Yeah. Or Visser instead of Maitland? I would probably say Seymour and Maitland with uh, Viss off the bench. Yeah. Um, but no, it would be interesting to see. I mean, I guess it depends if, if they think... Because at 15, 
we just don't have that depth. I know sort of Blair Kinghorn's coming through, well, and it'd be interesting to see how he does. Let oh. me drop this next Scott abroad on you. Your man Greek Tonks played at 15 against um, Australia. Two assists for London Irish against... Um, and that's gone straight. <laughs> Harlequins. Harlequins, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, dude, Harlequins. Luke, uh, came, he came off the bench, and I think he looked pretty... He came off the bench really... He came off early. I think he must have played sort of 65 minutes at least. Yeah, London Irish have got their sort of big Scottish contingent now. Yeah, Blair Cowan looking every bit a man who's sort of like been down to the championship, and now he's back to prove a point with long hair and a beard. <laughs> He yeah, put in a great an performance. absolute blinder. An absolute. Like, Everyone's in, talking in, about it. In the tight is breakdown work, um, and in the loose as well as carrying. A little offload for the try that sort of like sealed the match. Class. It's absolutely awesome. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot of strength at seven as well. I Do you reckon we could see a return for Blair Kine? Um, If there's injuries, I think we're quite strong at flanker. We've got Watson and uh, Barkley there. Um, it might be John. It would be maybe John Hardy that he's going up. Hardy as well. There. He's been playing well. Um, yeah, quite a lot of strength. Great there. option. Um, and another little bit part in that London Irish team, Gordy Reid came off, uh, came on, and um, the only highlight I saw was him breaking up a fight, but he did that pretty well. So, well Good done, man. Gordy. What about that nine, Scott Steele? Is he not Scottish? Yeah. Scott Steele, he is. He's <laughs> on my list here, probably. <laughs> I, I'd forgotten about him, actually. I could, actually completely forgotten about the London Irish match, and it's probably got the most Scots. Uh, yeah, Dumfries lad, went to Murky. Um, has been down at, he was at Leicester before London Irish has been down there for quite a while um, I, I don't know if he's in the Scotland reckoning could be we, we've got quite a lot of strength there as well but he's probably playing or has played better than the likes of kind of Kennedy or Hidalgo Klein for a while Hidalgo Klein Hidalgo Klein right and Steele were in the night. same year at school how nuts is that yeah ah. well, Hidalgo, Hidalgo Klein played 10 and 15 as we say high quality problems to have um, what else is going on Ooh, Newcastle Worcester. John Welsh putting in 70 minutes. Scotland legend John Welsh. Reckon we could see a return to him? He just, for me, like, doesn't look like an international rugby player. No, he looks like a proper prop. That's yeah. why. Um, they love him. They love yeah. him in the Northeast. I think he's like, still playing really well and still still um, trundling along in the front row. Fair play to him. He's really the last of like the Jacobson and Craig Smith era. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. but He's the last of like the proper props. He's no Alan Dell... Who's no. got like definition and stuff like that? There's like him, maybe like Adam Jones is kind of still yeah. floating around that way. Like they didn't really eat very well. They just kind of did what they want. Just like big, big lads. Also in that game, less impressively, Tom Heathcote, 10. We played uh, 55 minutes for Worcester and they're pretty dismal losing effort there. Yeah, tough old times. <laughs> tough times. They got rid of Ryan Lamb and kept Tom Heathcote. So. See how you do? No, I mean, yeah, no. and I saw Ben Teal went off after about yeah. 30 minutes after missing a tackle on Alex Tate. So, yeah, Lions they were, legend. They were up against it. Matt Scott, I think, was either unused or got very limited game time for Gloucester in their win against mm. Exeter. Yeah, and then you had in the in the Sale Wasp match, no, no Scots for Wasps, but um, Brian McGugan and... Uh, Josh Strauss was playing for for sale, and, and Strauss got a little try. Strauss got a wee try. Bundled so his way over from close range. Good um, to see him doing that. And then over the uh, over the channel, Grieg makes his top fourteen um, bow for Clermont in a win against Toulon. But he's not kicking goals. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really know what he's doing. Um, he's passing the ball. 
I did see quite North a lot of nice slow passes. Yeah, very going considered on. passing. He's, I mean, he's just such a friend. He's like a French scrum half. He just sort of picks up the ball and just kind of passes it very slowly. Marshall is <laughs> these massive forwards. I think he's probably, you know, he's probably going to have a great time. Probably do pretty well and yeah, and get paid an absolute boatload of cash. So fair play to you, Greg. You have earned it. You well, look like go. you're on the cusp of saying something, Alan. No, I wasn't. I just wanted that Ben Velicott guy who's playing for Gloucester. He's um, he's Scottish. He's a young young scrum half, and he has been getting quite a lot of game time for them. And he's actually he's a really 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 good player. Um, well, so he... I don't know <laughs> because if I'd seen his name on a pe- on a piece of paper, I wouldn't have been able to tell you he was Scottish. So, well, it's interesting. There is just a f- there's a quite a few sort of young Scottish guys sort of roaming around um, the English Premiership. There's sort of Ben Velicott and obviously Rory Hutchison who. Kind of is in the sort of the North, Northampton squad. That's He's a good point. What about Mitch Eady? Did he did he play for Northampton? They so were hopeless at the weekend anyway. So, so. Mitch Eady was the only guy who probably got away from that game looking good because he got taken off after about 10, 15 minutes. Oh, he's done well. He's um, done. But I'm not sure if he was actually injured or not, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and there your man Ben Velicott was um, on the bench. Yeah, so no, there's quite a few um, good, good sort of young Scottish players sort of floating around floating in the Premiership. Yeah. That's a hell of a t- hell of a competition, the Premiership as well. Really good, uh, really good level, and maybe they'll get some time during the international breaks when the big names are away. Yeah. So that's something we're just going to do. We're going to keep an eye on Scots Abroad, see how we're doing as we head in towards the Autumn Internationals. Guys, thanks again for joining us for um, another week of Scottish rugby. Please get onto iTunes, leave us a review. Share it. Tell your mum. Tell your gran. Tell anyone you bump into that. The, tell the, your mum and tell your gran. <laughs> well, you know, mums and grands do a bit of gossiping, don't they? That's how you. That's how you build it. That's in how this you social, spread the word of the how you spread the world in this <laughs> social media age. Cool. Maybe tell like your mates. All right. <laughs> I do mates first, then maybe your mum and your gran. Yeah. But you know, get on there. Get us listening. Try and get us into the top twenty this uh, week, or at least above. Um, Chris Jericho's podcast. I want to take um, Ric Flair down this weekend. He's my man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We are on iTunes, Acast, and on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. And that is us for another week. Cheers. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.